Today's episode is sponsored by Airflow Breast Pumps. Did you know that your health insurance will cover the cost of a breast pump? It is true, guys. I promise. In fact, many health insurance plans also cover milk storage bags, breastfeeding prep courses, and more. At Airflow Breast Pumps, you can shop top-rated breast pumps from brands like Medela, Spectra, and Motif without ever opening your wallet. Fill out their quick and easy insurance eligibility form, and they'll take care of the rest. It might just be the easiest thing that you do during your whole pregnancy. Just visit airflowbreastpumps.com slash mommy labor nurse. That's A-E-R-O-F-L-O-W breastpumps.com slash mommy labor nurse to find out why more than 1 million moms have chosen Airflow Breast Pumps to get their pump through insurance. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I am going to dive into one of the most common questions that I get asked about epidurals. Can you guess what it is? How do you push a baby out during labor with an epidural? It's a question that can cause a lot of anxiety for expectant moms. But don't worry, I've got you covered. In this episode, I am going to share all the juicy details on epidural pushing positions and tips and tricks to make pushing a breeze, even if you have an epidural. I'm going to talk about what to expect during labor and how to work with your body to help you deliver your beautiful baby. And then after this episode, make sure you check out episode 171, which is another episode about epidurals, epidurals 101. Um, It's just, you know, about getting informed if you're planning on getting an epidural during your birth. But for now, sit back, relax, and let's chat about epidurals and pushing. What even is the pushing stage of labor? Did you know that there are actually four stages of labor? If you didn't, don't feel bad. I didn't even know this um, before I was an L&D nurse. thought there was just one. So, consider yourself off the hook. (laughs) So pushing is actually the second out of the four stages of labor. So this stage begins when you hit 10 centimeters dilated and it ends when you deliver your baby. The length of this stage really can vary. I've seen moms push their baby out in like one push, (laughs) basically like one minute of pushing. It's usually not their first baby, but I've also seen that as well. And then other Moms push for several hours, like three, four hours sometimes it takes to push a baby out. And this is sometimes what happens, but also not the norm. There are always exceptions to the rules, but I would say pushing normally takes about two hours if you're a first time mom. That's like the average. 
Now, the four stages of labor include, number one, contractions and dilation, basically from your first contraction all the way till you start pushing, okay? And then number two is pushing and it ends when your baby is out of you. And then number three is right after baby comes out of you and until you delivered the placenta. And then number four is right after you deliver your placenta up to like about one to two hours after birth. So that we'll just preface the episode with that. We're on number two. Okay. (laughs) So now let's talk about what is it like to push with an epidural? So if you receive an epidural during your labor, you can expect to push a little bit longer than the typical non-epidural mom. Okay. And that's, you know, based on research, but it's also just typically what I see. Remember, of course, there are always exceptions to the rules, right? Some moms are going to have epidurals and they, again, push very, very quickly. And some moms are not going to have epidurals and they it takes, you know, hours and hours and hours. But just kind of know that from the get-go that if you do have an epidural, expect to push a little bit longer than if you don't have an epidural. Now, with that said, The goal of getting an epidural is to take your contraction pain away, okay? Not to take the uncomfortableness or sometimes the pain of that pressure that you will usually feel as baby is descending in your pelvis. In fact, it's super normal and expected for you to feel lots of vaginal and rectal pressure, especially as baby gets closer to, you know, that pushing phase as you get closer to that pushing phase and during pushing. A lot of moms that get epidurals, and I'm saying this because a lot of moms that get epidurals go into this and they expect they're not going to feel a thing like you get an epidural and that's why you get an epidural. You don't want to feel a lot of pain, you know, during birth. And while this is the case for some, there are definitely some moms who come in and they get really dense epidurals and they just, they really just don't feel much of anything and they push their babies out and it's fine. I would say that is fairly rare and it's actually not the intention, okay? This rectal pressure that I was talking about, it actually helps to guide you how to push and like where to push and when to push. And that pressure can really help to decrease your pushing time and reduce the potential need for an unplanned C-section. Now, of course, your L&D nurse will be able to coach you during your pushing, but trust me, your pushing is going to be a lot more productive and effective if you are actually able to feel something. So don't go into this, you know, being afraid that, oh my gosh, Lisa just told me that I'm going to actually feel all this pressure down there. Like I'm actually, I was thinking I wasn't going to feel anything. That's not true. I don't want you to feel scared about it. I want you to look at it like, oh, okay. This feeling that I'm feeling, this pressure type feeling is actually a good thing because it helps me to get my baby out. Now, when it comes to pushing, there are two very important things that I want you to keep in mind, okay? Number one, don't feel as if you must push in a certain position, okay? And I'm going to give lithotomy or, you know, on your back pushing as the example. So don't feel like you have to push back to back to back to back to back just in one position. And then number two, do what feels good for you. That kind of goes along with number one. But yeah, do what feels good for you, okay? If you're on your back and you're pushing or if you're not on your back and you're pushing and it doesn't feel good for you, you feel like you're not really 
pushing. You're not really making progress. You're not getting like power behind it. It's okay. Say something like say, hey, I'm having trouble. Personally, I tried pushing on my hands and knees and I totally hated it. Okay. I didn't have an epidural, but when I had Walter with my first one, I did lots of hands and knees pushing. I did it with Ryland as well, but I remember it much more distinctly with Walter. I much preferred pushing on my back with him. And I know a lot of moms shudder at the thought of like giving birth on your back and pushing on your back. But I just tell you this to reiterate the fact that what works for one person doesn't always work for another. And what works during one birth might not be what works for you the next time (laughs) at all. Now, because you have an epidural, you won't have quite as many options when it comes to pushing. You can't get out of your bed and push standing because you're going to be confined to your bed. Okay, but there are actually a ton of pushing positions that you can and you might want to try if you have an epidural. I mean, really almost all of them you can do if you have an epidural. You know what's frustrating? Snaps on baby clothes, specifically PJs. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You have some of those PJs that have the snaps on them instead of the zipper, and it is such a pain in the butt to change their diaper in the middle of the night and then snap them all back up. I just hated it. I always preferred zipper PJs and I just wish they would go out of style. (laughs) But guess what is even better than zipper PJs? Magnetic PJs. Yeah. Once you go magnetic, I promise you, you will never go back (laughs) to zipper snap anything. They are fabulous and they are this week's podcast sponsor. So let me tell you all about them. Simply Magnetic Me was created by two parents who are on a mission to make parenting and dressing easier, something I think we can all get on board with. Simply Magnetic Me offers organic cotton essentials with innovative magnetic fasteners that make changing baby practically effortless. It's true. You may have heard of Magnetic Me and Simply is their new sister brand that offers the same beloved magnetic closures at a more affordable price. You can create a custom bundle on their website combining the prints, styles, and sizes that you want with outfits as low as $15. The more outfits in your cart, the more you save. And trust me, babies need a lot of outfits. It's true. (laughs) Simply Magnetic Me also believes making good decisions for your baby means making good decisions for the planet, which is why their outfits are made with God's certified 100% organic cotton. The fabric is made without toxin dyes, pesticides, or harsh chemicals. It's as safe as it is gentle on baby's skin. Say no to snaps and head to simplymagneticme.com to stock up on no fuss essentials and use code MLN20 for 20% off your first order. So let's go over four common ones. Okay. So number one is one that we just talked about already is just pushing on your back. Okay. This is that classic position that we think of when we're pushing out a baby. And some moms just simply prefer to push on their back over other positions. Like I said, I know that I did. And again, if it works for you, it works for you. If your baby is looking okay on the monitor and all is well there and you're making progress on your back, I usually advise moms to just 
keep pushing on your back. Now, if we are not making a lot of progress or something's going on with the baby, then like, let's change something up. But I always tell moms this whole like back pushing is, I don't want to call it a myth. Like it's more like, it's not as bad as we think that it is, if that makes sense. Like, of course, if we're looking at your baby's heart rate and it is not stable or you're uncomfortable and you just don't like pushing on your back, I'm going to move you. But my philosophy with pushing, regardless of if you're on your back or if you're in another position, if you're making progress and if baby's looking good and you like what you're doing, like why change it, right? So if you're on your back and you're doing a great job, I'm not going to change your position. <laughs> I'm just going to let you keep pushing. So <laughs> that was a long spiel about back pushing. But anyways, number two is pushing on your side. And this is a little bit more restful. I would say uh, more people are just more comfortable because you can kind of just, I don't know, you're on your side. You can relax a little bit more with like a pillow under your head. You can just breathe a little bit better. It can also be used with like a peanut ball or pillows between your legs, just, you know, for additional support. Usually what I have moms do is kind of roll on their sides and then they take both hands and they pull back on like one of their legs. And you're still kind of in the same pushing position where you're kind of curled around your baby and you want to put your head down or your chin down to your chest, but you're just on your side. And then number three is hands and knees. So this is a very popular position. I would say that we do where I work and just with our epidural moms and our non-epidural moms in general, I love some hands and knees pushing. It's a really good position to help baby rotate if we suspect that baby is OP or sunny side up or OT or just, you know, you're pushing and we can just tell like this baby, we need to get gravity to do some work here. This is also a really good one to use if baby is a little bit unstable with their heart rate when you're on your back or even when you're on your side. It kind of gets some pressure um, off of the baby's cord, usually when you're in this position. So it just gives them a little bit more blood flow. Now, number four is semi-seated with or without a squat bar. So basically squatting, but in the bed. Usually the head of the bed is slightly raised and we have the lower part of the bed like all the way down as far as it can go. And your bed really just kind of turns into a chair. We really get gravity to work with this one. And it can be really useful with that squat bar in front of you, especially if you have an epidural, you just have something to kind of just hold on to. Sometimes I'll wrap a sheet around that squat bar and that kind of helps as well. But it really just helps you curl even more around baby as you push. And a lot of times I have moms who just feel a lot more productive with this kind of pushing because you've got gravity like really, really on your side with this one. Now, how do you actually push with an epidural? So there might be some minor things that kind of differ when you push with an epidural, but the overall concepts surrounding pushing apply whether you have an epidural or not. So let's do a little crash course, okay? I usually let my patients do what feels best for them at first. Like if you're really into open glottis pushing and you're doing great with it and you're making progress and you don't need any help from me at all and you're just pushing, like go at it, like keep going, let's do it. But if you need some guidance from me, then I am here. And I usually, with my epidural moms, I usually start out with closed glottis pushing because it is just a bit easier with an epidural. So what I tell moms to do is to grab behind your knees, okay? If you're on your back or if you're side lying, or even if you're squatting, kind of have them 
go behind their knees as well. But when you feel like you have a contraction, you're going to grab behind your knees and you're going to curl way up around baby. You're going to take your chin and put your chin right to your chest. And then you're going to take a big deep breath in as if you're about to jump in a big pool of water. Okay. So big deep breath in with me. And then you hold it and then you bear down like like you're pooping, okay? And you try to hold that for about six to 10 seconds and you wanna try and concentrate all that energy like right in your vagina or in your butt. And then once you can't push anymore, you know, usually this is about six to 10 seconds. For some moms I count, for some moms I don't, but you, you know, try to push for that good hard 10 seconds and then you relax, let your air out, take another big deep breath in and then you do it about three to four times per contraction. And you just keep doing that until you have a baby. It's that simple. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not. Well, I mean, it's simple. Like if you think about it, right, you just keep pushing, 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 but it's not simple in terms of like, it's not simple to push a baby out. (laughs) Um, So let's go over some tips and tricks for getting this a little bit more productive. Okay. Because sometimes I have moms who are just they are like, I feel like I can't do this. And I feel like I'm not being productive at all with my pushing. I feel like I don't even know what I'm pushing at. I'm so confused. So let's talk about how to troubleshoot that a little bit. So number one, my biggest tip that I do with my moms, whether you have an epidural or not, is I try to change that position as much as I can if we're having trouble. Like I mentioned, if we're not having trouble and you were doing a great job of pushing in whatever position that you're in, I just keep doing it. But if you're not getting the hang of it, a lot of times you need a different position. And there really are a lot of benefits to changing your position during labor and during birth. Like it just helps baby rotate and turn in that pelvis and it really gets gravity in there to help pull baby down. And changing your position during labor and during pushing has the same benefit. It can really cause that baby to move and wiggle and go down (laughs) even more in that pelvis, which might help to get them in a more optimal birthing position and allow you to have more effective pushing. So these position changes are really, really helpful sometimes. This is likely the first thing that I will do, okay? If you're pushing after a few contractions in one position and you just don't have any progress at all, you're like, I see that you're not having progress and you also feel like you're not having progress. Number two, another trick that I use with my epidural moms is called laboring down. And this is a technique that we do with moms if they are 10 centimeters dilated with epidural moms specifically. If you are fully dilated, but your baby's head is still a little bit high in your pelvis and you aren't really feeling much rectal pressure to poop yet. We'll do this thing called laboring down, okay? So typically what happens is we put you on one of your sides and I either put the peanut ball between your legs or I have the little stirrups on the bed kind of come out and it's a similar position that you can do with the peanut ball, but I'll either do the peanut ball and put a peanut ball between your legs or I'll put the stirrup up and put your leg up in a stirrup. And the purpose 
purpose of that peanut ball or that stirrup is to keep your pelvis nice and open and allow baby's head to really engage and drop down even more into your pelvis. And in my opinion, it's a win-win position, right? You get to rest and your body and your baby just does some work and you just push for less time because you're not going to stop having contractions just because you're 10 centimeters. Your body's going to keep having contractions. So if you're comfortable with your epidural, hey, let's let your uterus push your baby down as much as possible. And then let's just start pushing when you feel the overwhelming urge that you need to start pushing. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. I have a cute little picture of a cute little baby right here in front of me. A very, very cute baby. (laughs) This one says, it's been a little over two weeks since I gave birth to my beautiful baby girl. And I want to say thank you so much for all you do and all the hard work and passion you put into all your content. I listened to all your podcasts religiously, watched all your Instagram posts and stories, and took the epidural birth class. Everything combined really helped calm my anxiety towards giving birth, and I went into labor knowing I could do this. Oh, I just love it. I love it. I love it when I hear that you guys just, you feel ready. I just want you to feel ready and prepared. I love it. I love it. My labor was supposed to be a scheduled induction, but my water broke a week prior. I was ready with my bags and mentally prepared for what was going to happen next. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you guys. I cannot like if you have taken my course and you've had your baby, please send me a message. I read all of them. Like I read all of these messages and they warm my heart. So send me a DM, you know, with just like a little synopsis of this, or you can send me an email. It just, I love these. I love these so much. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. Now, another tip that I have is making pushing a game. And maybe game isn't the right word, but let me explain. So we all know what tug of war is, right? Like when you have a rope or anything and one kid has one side and one kid has the other side and you just keep pulling until one of you wins, right? Um, You just keep pulling back and forth, right? So this tip is making pushing out of a game, aka we're going to play tug of war with a sheet and wrap a sheet. Usually I wrap it around the squat bar, but we're going to wrap a sheet around something, whether it's a squat bar or whether I'm holding the sheet. And you're going to kind of play tug of war and use like almost some counter pressure with that tug of war pulling to help make pushing easier for you. It's like a super great technique that can be used to really add some power to your pushes. So basically what I do is I wrap that sheet. I usually wrap it around the squat bar because I just think it just works better around the squat bar. But I wrap it around the squat bar and then during a contraction, you hold that sheet and you will curl up and you kind of climb up the sheet and you pull on the sheet while you're also bearing down and pushing. 
And I will be honest, I've seen this work wonders with some women. And then I've also seen it work not wonders <laughs> and people just totally hate it and trash it. OK, if we're going to try this, I usually recommend trying it for a couple of contractions. And if it's not working with a few contractions, then I usually say, let's try something else. Usually by a few contractions, I can tell if like this is your thing or not. All right. Another tip is using some perineal pressure. Let me explain this one. Some women are just so, so numb down there from their epidurals that they just really can't feel like a thing. It's really, really hard to even feel like where the heck am I even trying to push? There's muscles down there and I'm just confused at which muscle to use. And some women respond really, really well when I or your nurse or provider just put a little bit of gentle pressure inside your vagina, like downward pressure to help you feel a little bit more pressure of where to push. And my fingers don't need to be in there the entire time. Usually I'll do it for a few times and you kind of get the hang of it. Sometimes I am in there kind of for a while, just helping guide that baby down and helping you feel where you need to push with that pressure. But it usually just takes one or two pushes to kind of get the hang of it. Now, another trick that I will do with moms is I will advise, cautiously advise to turn off your epidural. So this isn't something that I do a lot, but if we have exhausted all other interventions and you are just, this is like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything with the downward pressure. I've tried all these different positions. I will usually suggest, hey, I know you got an epidural for a reason and you got it because you wanted pain control during labor, but this is something that I sometimes will do with my patients. And I'll say, hey, do you want to try and turn your epidural off? Because that will after a little while, you know, you'll start to feel a little bit of contraction pain and you'll start to feel that pressure. And sometimes that's really all you need to feel something a little bit. And that will really help you guide your pushing in the right way. And I'll say when we do this, it's usually one of those last ditch efforts to help you push your baby out and avoid a C-section. Not common, but you know, I thought I'd throw that in there. That is definitely something that I've done with my patients before. Okay, moving on to does it hurt to push with an epidural? So that really depends on how dense your epidural is, but you are likely to feel something at some point during the pushing phase, whether you have an epidural or not. You are pushing a baby, a big old baby out of your vagina, okay? <laughs> it's not like you're pushing a tampon out. You're pushing a baby out of your vagina. And, you know, if this is your first time, this is nothing that large has come through your vagina. So you're probably going to feel something, even if you have a super dense epidural. A lot of people also ask about the ring of fire. Do you feel that ring of fire with an epidural? And the short answer to this is it really just depends. Some moms do still feel that ring of fire, even if they have pretty dense epidurals. Some moms just don't. And there's really no way to predict it ahead of time as each epidural placement and each patient is just different and unique and you might have a denser epidural than, you know, 
someone else. So it really, really just depends. If you're curious on what the Ring of Fire even is, the Ring of Fire is basically like that biggest diameter as baby is crowning and coming out. You kind of feel this stretching sensation and this just happens as a result of the skin stretching around your vagina and your perineum to allow for baby to pass through. Most moms report it as like a burning or a stinging sensation, but rest assured, okay, this is part of the process. And it's also very, very short-lived compared to like this whole process of labor. It's like the very, very end and then you get a baby. Now, there are a couple of ways you can approach the ring of fire. Number one is you can just push as hard as humanly possible to get through it quickly. This might increase your chance of tearing or having a more significant tear. It might not, and it might not matter at all. But what it will do is get that sensation to go away quicker, which is usually what I see most people do. They're like, I don't want to feel this anymore. Like, let me push as hard as possible and as fast as possible so I can get through this. Now, on the contrary, you might want to try and do shorter but more controlled pushes. And if you can do this, it is better for your perineum and you're less likely to tear in general and less likely to have a severe tear, but you will experience that ring of fire for a longer period of time. So that's just kind of the two approaches there. So now that we've covered the ins and outs of pushing with an epidural, including the pushing stage of labor, productive labor positions with an epidural, and what to do when pushing, you know, isn't quite going as well, and how much pain you can expect, I hope that you find yourself a little bit more adequately prepared for what pushing with an epidural actually looks like. There is this misconception that women with epidurals can only push on their backs and it just looks like this one way. But that is so far from the truth, you guys. And while you might be slightly more limited with an epidural in place, having an epidural does not mean that you must just lie on your back and push this one way and you know you can't move at all, okay? It does not mean that. So I encourage you to break down that misconception with anyone that tells you otherwise now that you are an expert and you've listened to this episode. Now let's see what is on deck for next week. Next week is 183 and it is an Ask Me Anything. I actually recorded it today, <laughs> earlier today, but it is an Ask Me Anything episode. And that just means that I took some of y'all's questions from the hotline that we have. We have a little voicemail hotline that you can leave uh, your questions and I will play your voice on the podcast episode. It's really cool and I get to answer your questions. So I'm going to answer a few of those questions next week and it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, I will see you guys next week. Bye. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. 
And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.